Welcome everyone to our podcast. It's Zero here with Slider and the Decade. So, time to talk about X Aid. We're going to start off with our general thoughts for the first six, one to six, yeah, episodes. And then we'll go into more details of the newest episode, X Aid episode seven, that just came out this week. So, I guess I'll start for the general. Uh, it's been really good. Uh, weakest episode has been the very first episode, which is both good and bad. But all the characters have been very entertaining. And there's lots of backstory going on. So, that, that's just a base rundown. The I like the writer designs. The designs are cool. I don't have much bad to say about the series so far. One of the things I really enjoyed, even from the first episode, was the really electronic, fun background music that they've got yes. going on so far. I think the my, music is great. Yeah, my it, it brings back a lot of good Forza memories uh, that had a lot of great tracks in it. Uh, I think my favorite theme so far is Brave's theme. It's just it's super hype. I really liked episode three because as fun as one on one fights are just I think owning trash mobs of enemies is just so much fun. <laughs> so episode three was really has been my favorite so far with Brave X eight and uh Snipe. Yep. But yeah so far so good. You zero? I would have to say pretty solid season so far. I mean, I'm impressed that like most of the episodes are as good as they are, especially with how many new forms and writers we have running around. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, it's like a really well done. I mean, it's really well paced, or at least for now. Which uh, is weird with yeah. all the forms because uh. They are pumping out the form just as fast as they were with Ghost. The only difference is that it's split across four writers instead of one. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't even notice. I actually thought they were doing it a little faster, but now that you mentioned Ghost, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But oh, They may be going faster since it's one every episode instead of one every two episodes, right? Yeah, and that's the other thing. is like They're doing so many single episode stories. It's been a long time since we had like Okay, this needs one episode, so we're just going to give it one episode instead of, like, you know, the standard two-parter. Oh, and then we'll just throw in a single episode just for variety, I guess. For the characters, it's surprising. Like, the little things make a difference. Like, how uh, all the four uh, writers talk to Emu differently. Like, they specifically use different words, and that just... You know, hints again to like how they see the world and how they relate to Emu differently. Like, uh, Kiria always says, like, pro, basically. Or at least he did for a while, not so much this episode 7. But, um, and like, Hiro always says, like, intern, and then like, um, Snipe, uh, who's Snipe? Um, Taiga. Taiga, yeah. Taiga always just says, like, uh, you know, like, genius gamer and stuff, right? So, like, for Taiga, it's basically, like, rivalry. For, uh, 
uh, Kiria, he's more like sucking up to, sort of. Uh, and then like Hero, it's always like he's looking down on Emmy, uh, Emmy. But like you know, small things, just even the dialogue, how they move differently, like their henchin pose is different. Like it reminds me of O Ranger a little bit, where like you see the intro and you think, okay, that's that's interesting. Like it's a fun intro. But they're never probably going to bring that up. But And then you see them fight, and they actually have the fighting style from the intro. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Like, it's so prevalent, or at least the few episodes I've seen, that, like, if you change them all to the same color, you could tell who was in which suit. Like, if their suits were exactly the same, you could tell which person was which, just because of their movement. They're that distinct. Um, yeah. And this show is kind of giving me that same type of feel, like, it's almost a little cartoony because people aren't this, like, you know, based in their character, but it's early on, so they're setting stuff up. Right. But they're pulling it off so well that these characters don't come off as caricatures. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm kind of impressed, like, how well they're... Like, the music is good. The fights are decent. The, uh, the storyline's good. The, they have good characters. It's amazing that they've managed to balance this all out. Like, even the villains are... Decent. I mean, they're not perfect, but the yep. thing is, like, even when they go down, you think for a second, like, it's still like, and then the next episode they come back to like, no, these guys are still competent, you know, and like, right. they're like little hiccups aren't just because they're stupid; it's because they sort of have like internal conflict. But that's more stuff that happens this episode. Um, right. So yeah, the episode season's been pretty good so far. I guess that's enough with that recap. Let's continue to episode 7. So this is episode 7 of Kamen Rider X8, entitled The Deep Secret of Some Lie. Uh, I guess really the first scene is Kiria waking up in a hospital after getting his ass whooped by... Was it Ginmu in episode 6? I think it was Ginmu. I believe it was episode 5, because he was out for... Episode 6. Oh yeah, that's right. He was out for 6. So yeah. And he wakes up and sees an old man next to him. Well, I guess he probably knew him by now. But we see the old man for the first time. That's not what happens first, though. Yeah, it was. No, the first thing we see is he sees a nightmare. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Flashback. I skipped to see the title. Oh yeah, that's right. There's the nightmare of his, uh, dead friend. So, that, that, that's some way to start off an episode for real. Heh. <laughs> and not skipping ahead to see the title. That's a good start to the episode. I just waking up in a hospital bed. Yeah. So yeah, that, that nightmare scene. Yeah, it's, it really is strange that, I, I mean, before you finish watching the episode, Right away, you're faced with the truth that he lied about lying that he that his friend died. So right away, it's pretty so puzzling. He said, so he said in a five that he had a friend. Then he told Inmu that he didn't have a friend, and now he really did have a friend. Yes, it's very interesting. But again, it feeds into. A more complex character than just the one-note bad guy or right. asshole common writer that we usually get. Um, 
also it shows that like he was a totally different type of person back then even in that small interaction like he's so much more restrained now right like you could tell like this was in the past just because of how different he is um even with just his friend like yeah it's the double truths of like yeah this happened to my friend and then i'm gonna tell you the truth and then you know what instead of accepting your help i'm just gonna lie about it again so i mean it's gonna come up more in this episode but like that's one of the themes i mean it's setting up his character very well even with just the opening scene um So then we he wakes up in the hospital and we get him and the old man and the old man's daughter coming in. Uh, come check it on the old man. So there's nothing really to say about that, right? Yeah, is there? Well, they, I mean, yeah, we can say he's basically gonna be the new victim of right because of the, the Bugster virus. virus. And, that's about and basically, his stress is somehow related to the fact that his daughter is managing his business while he's sick, and he doesn't want her to, so he's kind of being a jerk kind of, to her. Yeah, but we don't quite get that much until uh, a bit later. Well, here, yeah, you, you do. He, I mean, he, right oh, away, he, he's he, like, oh, hi, daughter. Oh, great, it's my daughter. It, so, already, right. we can see the... But we don't know it's because of the business yet. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. Say. We just know that there's some sort of stress and yeah, I mean there, that oh, is a read, but uh, I I read it a little differently. Is uh, uh, the old man basically uh, like a reflection of what Kyria is? Like you know, Kyria wakes up and the old man's super nice, and then like Kyria tells him to basically piss off, right? Then <laughs> his daughter comes in and he, the old man, becomes really. Uh, kind of a jerk um to his daughter but uh as later on we see it's basically the same thing as kiria where it's, it's just basically setting up like a foil like you know they base kiria and this old man basically act the same it's like yeah internally they're they're more nice and caring like when nobody's looking but when somebody comes too close basically not like close by like because he's interacting with like the old man's interacting with Kiria and they're strangers he's fine but when somebody gets like too close in the business like in personal space they act like a very specific way it's like you know they push people away it's not because uh they don't care for them it's more just um, to protect them to protect them basically yeah and like the daughter is basically doing the right thing. It's like, yeah, well, you cared about this company. You basically ran it. You're, you know, like holding it together. I'm just here to update you on it. And he just reacts with like, you don't need to be around me. And like, he's so defensive, just like Kyria is pretty much all the time. So it's like a good foil, especially setting up like your victim, especially this early on, you know? Like this is one of those things that would happen like 20 episodes in. And it's like episode seven. So yeah, uh, then we get Kyria uh, calls the nurse and they wheel him into the CR. And Kyria tries to go into the CR, but they won't let him because they say he needs to recover. Which 
doesn't seem like a big deal to me because he is a... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? The person who looks at dead bodies. Oh, the coroner. There we go. Yep. He's a coroner. He doesn't really need to be in there with an alive body, but he's kind of upset. I guess it's his own way of showing he's worried about the old man. Yeah. Um, it is kind of interesting that, like, oh, I guess Asuna, because she's in human form, um, it's like, out of, like, Emma was like, hey, you should get back, you know, you're still sick, and Kiryu's like, I'm fine, but, like, Asuna is straight up, like, get the hell out of here, basically. Um, it's just one of those interesting things, like, I wonder how much of that is, like, her own personality or if it's just because she was programmed that way so it's like bringing it out even more in her because you got to remember like he's one of the out of the four writers he's the one who blackmailed himself into getting a driver right and like dan basically yeah. gave him a driver that was rigged like okay you want a driver here you go but you know you're gonna be a bike <laughs> yeah you're gonna be a bike like good luck actually being a threat to me you know, Kira thinks he's smart, but, like, Dan's just a little bit smarter here. Like, so his plan kind of backfires. But, again, because uh, Poppy is basically created by, like, you know, Dan's company. I, I think the, the real question is, is how much is Poppy independent of her programming? How much free will does she have? How much of an AI does she have? How much does the base programming have control over her? It, there's still a lot of questions that may never get answered i mean that is a possibility and that's what i was also saying it's like maybe right now she's coming off so harsh it's because like dan really doesn't like her and like it's in her programming to be like hey this guy don't trust this guy so she's projecting really hard but hopefully as the show goes on you see more and more like she's like beyond like she seems fairly independent right now right but like as the show goes on, hopefully you see more and more her just, like, pushing against her programming, which, again, would lead to, basically, Poppy is the only one who has a show or writer character arc right now. <laughs> um, because, like, the standard writer thing is, like, you know, I was created by random nefarious corporation or entity, uh, and then I'm going to turn against them and fight against them. And, like, what better than, like, an AI who has... Basically, because right now, the two biggest bad guys are X-Aid and Black X-Aid, right? Like, what do you choose? You know, your friend or love interest? Which basically boils down to the standard thing, like, do you follow Shocker or do you rebel against... What was it at? Am I just remembering wrong? But I don't recall them ever saying Poppy was ever specifically created by the Getem Corporation. Well, it, she's a character from Dora Mifa Beat. No, good point. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I I had this impression that they made her like the same time they made the drivers. So because we know she was already. I mean, she's been active for five years, we know that, so that probably explains why she's a little more independent than you'd think she would be. By but we point. do know that drivers were there five years ago, so you could be right, so... Yeah, so... 
I mean, that would explain why she's a little more independent, but she still has ways to go. I th I think, like, they're probably using the same tech at this point. I'm sure we'll find out more. Uh, then we cut over to the villains, uh, talking, and Dan says you're not going to get the bug visor anymore. And Graphic gets a pal set. He's like, Laser knows who you are. And Dan just gets snippy, and there's a bunch of bad guys arguing. <laughs> typical Toku. I don't see much there except typical bad guys saying, "Bat, people know who you are." Yep, they can't prove it. Well, one thing that's be very common. Kind of strange to me is why does Graphite have a human form? Yeah, that, that's been bugging me ever since we first saw if, said human If he's form. a bugster, which is from the video game. Yeah, right. It's, it's, and he doesn't look like most of the other bugsters. He's like got a very organic form. Right. I mean, with Poppy, I could even say she is from a game and she has a human form, but she doesn't have to use something like the bug visor to transform. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, we know Graphite is the last surviving Bugster, basically, from the outbreak five years ago, so we don't know what the original Bugsters were like. Uh, because sure. the original game, like, Poppy could be one of the ten games that were cured, you know, or wasn't, like, fully infected. And so Graphite, either Graphite is just pure AI, like, you know, he's doing something from um, Drive, where, like, the AIs just have, like, human bodies once they came out, sort yeah. of. Or, like, gain them. Or, like, he's one of the original infected and their infection worked a little differently. Where, you know, like, once they take over, you know, they, like, took over the human body fully. Or maybe it's, like, some weird hybrid. Or maybe that's like, how the, the, the virus still works, is once they take over fully, they take over the human body. Because we haven't seen a fully infected bugster yet. Yeah, that's what I was getting to, yeah. We don't know how this works yet. I mean, that'll... Hopefully that happens, because it's going to be one of those points where, like, it's straight up going to be, like, against Emily's I hope character. it doesn't pull a wizard where they get so close to him, them despairing, and it never happens, and it's just... It'll be so nice to see the writer fail once, and show they're not infallible. Well, I mean, wizard did sort of fail, but, like, he had, like, backup that saved his ass and the other thing is like a wizard's whole thing was like yeah this horrible thing happened to me i'm never freaking failing again also you never saw like the six months of hard to just trying right right like because it cuts to first episode and they're more phantoms were they from the were they six months ago or were they the ones that he failed to save you don't know okay but yeah, with this, the villains just talking, it's one of those interesting things where it's like, Graphite seems to be like, you know, butting heads with the two for a bit, but he still listens. So I wonder how long this goes on before he goes all full Phoenix and says, screw <laughs> right. this, I'm just going to do my own thing. Right. Um, that would be interesting. Like, I mean, he could just become... He might be the first one to die. He might become a good guy. I don't know. It's too damn early. It's yeah, so... I would say he would be the first one to die were it not for a different fact that uh, I'm not going to quite go into now. 
it's still interesting that like you would think Dan because he's the CEO would be calling the shots, but it's uh, what's his name, Pallad, the uh, other kid. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, it's P something. I wrote it down it's somewhere. Uh, par- I want to say paradox, but that's something else to think. Uh, let's see. The internet is Marvel. I think I think he said it right. It's just the spelling that's kind of weird. Just paradox. No, it it's like paradox without the X, pretty much. Paradox. Yeah, let's see. Or whatever, it's P-something. It's interesting that, like, we're showing that the team is splitting apart. It's like episode 7. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's really good right now, but this is the first arc. There's something gonna happen. Like, once Graphite goes down, because, like, he might be the first one to go down, or maybe something else happens. Point is, like, Dan or Graphite are probably gonna be the ones to go down first. Then this, then the third guy is probably gonna be like next arc boss. But even then, like that's two thirds of the way through the show, or I mean, like only the second, like the middle of the show. Uh, right. What? I hope like the weird thing is like it's got such good pacing that I hope it doesn't start dragging. Like Coast had like decent pacing at the beginning, and the middle it was good, and then. Last arc was terrible. I hope that doesn't happen to the show because it's been surprisingly solid. Ah, uh, there we are. It's Parado. I, I quote, according to Google Translate, yeah, it's Paradox without the X. So I was right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, then the next scene was uh, the operation where they called Hero in to do it, but Emu didn't want to let him do it alone, and they transformed... And fought the bug. I'm, I'm just summarizing the whole fight scene. They fought the bugster, and they went level three, and it split into the two. Well, it split into the two bugster with the two gas shots, and they went level well, three. Well, they start the fight in the lab. <laughs> oh That's yeah. That's like a super far underground, but yeah. So they had to do a stage change. Right, because the doctor gets mad at him, then they fight it, <laughs> he splits, uh, they go level three, uh, Genmu shows up. Oh, whoa, whoa. Well, I mean, one thing is that it's another double infection. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, thought this was the first one, but, again, we're yeah, seeing, like, Yeah, the and... first we saw split. Yeah, Emily and Hero Henshin, and like it's they're still running with the whole like yeah these two are gonna rub off each other and like that's basically what has to happen for them to become like better human beings. Right. Um, I don't know. I still hope like okay that's the first arc going forward. I want them to be Rider One and Two. Right. By the end of this, or right. I mean, actually, I was gonna say more like uh, Kabuto and Ga- uh, Attack. Attack, but yeah, that that was not. The colors are kind of the same: a reddish color and a bluish color. Yeah, um, that would be fun. I mean, like at the end, that was kind of actually that's not true. Kabuto's ending was kind of nonsense, but um, like before the end arc of Kabuto, they were good. I 
actually, like, Coast had pretty good, like, secondaries where they're like, yeah, we're a team. Let's, you know, let's be heroes instead of assholes with belts. Um, it's weird seeing. I mean, like, it's nice to see double henchins. I hope it doesn't fall apart. Like, I hope right. there's no stupid fights. Like, yeah, they might disagree, but I don't want them to fight. Also, the twin dragon thing totally reminds me in Wizard when, like, um, Harto and uh, Nito go into, like, the Underworld, I think, together for the first time. And they're fighting, like, the twin dragon thing. Or is that in the movie? I don't remember this. Uh, One's, like, a gold dragon, one's, like, a metal one. And I'm like, pretty sure that was in the show, yeah. Yeah, and they're connected, and they beat it by tying it up. Or, like, flying it around itself. So yeah, it ties yeah, itself yeah, yeah, up yeah. in a knot. This... Uh, this, like, Buckster basically reminded me of, like, a smaller version of that. Anyway, Slider, now you can talk about your fight scene. So, yeah, it's just a normal fight scene. They fight it. It splits into the two gash two remaining uh, gashats that were stolen. The Giddy Giddy Shanbara and the Jet Combat uh, Buckster, who have the gashats inserted into their heads. Uh, Did anybody catch the references? Which ones? Giri Chambara. Uh, sword fighting game. Uh, was there some joke about Shinken in there? I just thought it was funny that it was Chambara. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. But basically that's like a reference to Bushido Blade. That's what oh. I'm thinking. I just uh, think Chambara because of the Shinken opening. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, in Bushido Blade, basically it's a, not the second Bushido Blade, the first Bushido Blade. Uh, they're both on the PS1, but the the first one's way better. Um, what happens is it's a, it's a fighting game like Soul Calibur. Basically think that, except made by Square. Uh, wait, were they together? Whatever. Point is, what what the company Square Enix that is now Square, Square? Enix. Yeah, I don't know if it was Square or Enix. Squaresoft. Yeah, probably Squaresoft. Basically, this storyline uh, it's not important, but the story not important for this episode. But the storyline is basically, uh, you're part of like an lead like assassins guild, uh, and then basically you decide to leave one day, and you gotta kill basically all of your teammates. Uh, because, you know, nobody gets out alive, right? Right. Like, once you're in, you're in for life. So, to, the only way to be free is basically... But the interesting mechanic is uh, it, you have three stances, which is one button. Switch by, you know, three buttons. Um, and then you just have an attack and, like, a parry one. I think that, I don't think there's a block. Uh, but the interesting thing is, like, if you hit, like, your opponent... And this is like an early 3D fighter, but if you hit your opponent, like, say, in the legs, like, their legs get crippled, they can still, like, fight, like, crawl and, like, swing their sword and stuff, but, like, they'll be down. Or if you get, like, a good critical hit, like, like say, in the head or something, or, uh, like, what? You're not supposed to attack them from behind, but you can. Um... But, like, basically, if you swing first and get a good hit in, like, one hit KO. Yep. It's intense, but it's really, really good. 
uh, especially for such an early PS1 game. I really like the the design, or I guess the well, not yeah, the overall design of the Giri Giri Chambara bugster guy. I mean, his the shoulder pads are just awesome. He's got the, the Tengu mask on one and some sort of wolf creature like crawling on his other shoulder. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And and just his overall posture with the sword it is like totally different from I don't know, I guess most of the monsters we've seen recently. He's like super super poised and stuff. I'm kinda of amazed how much like personality they can like yeah, yeah, come seriously. up with just like it's a base suit with like shoulder pads. With like new shoulder pads, but like good suit acting, man. Yeah, he and he he doesn't even make any sounds at all. He's just completely silent. Yeah. Even when uh, Genbu shows up to interrupt the fight, silent. I keep I keep wondering how like okay in the show it's good like it's good and dramatic. It's like oh shit he showed up again right. But in like real life like how could you miss this guy? Like I know they have stage select, but you would still see like all those effects and crap if that's <laughs> or if he's just like least. walking by, like how could you miss him walking into the scene? Like if he came from behind you, it's one thing, but it's he's always from the side. It's like <laughs> what are you guys doing? In the split second, you turn away, he shows up. <laughs> split second, like he has like a drone watching the fight. Like <laughs> okay, ready? They're not looking. Open the gate. Just jump. <laughs> I would sort of buy that if I was... One of those good things in Gaim is, like, they have those, like, dimensional tears things. Mm -hmm. Like, with the zippers, I'm like, okay, I could buy people just, like, jumping out of nowhere through that thing. But, like, in XA, every time you use anything, there's, like, a million particle effects. <laughs> How do you miss that? <laughs> but, yeah, fight happens. And Genmu interrupts, they all get away. And then we see Kyria, no, Taiga, uh, yeah. with his stethoscope phone thing, target lost, so apparently they can track him somehow, and what's his line again? So it has begun. So, whatever that means. It could just mean uh, the fight against the... The, the hunt for the last two gas shots where it could mean something else totally be different. Hmm. Um, yeah, Kira is interesting. I mean, I guess that answers the question of, like, how did um, Dan know where the hell they were? But if, like, Taiga can just watch it off his stethoscope, I guess he was doing the same thing because he made them. Right. Yeah. Also, it's weird that, like, the Bugsters keep having these gashets, like, okay, did somebody, like, did Graphite go and chuck, like, two gashets into this old man and infect him with the Bugsters? That's what they said, they infected it with the Giri Giri Chambara and, uh, whatever the other one, viruses, is what all they said, so I guess somehow he did. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny every time we cut to, like, Taiga and he's looking at, like his four-minute report, so I'm like, oh, great, is this what you do all day? Stare at, like, real-life life bars? <laughs> I mean, I know he's doing the whole blackjack thing, but I haven't seen him, like, take on cases. I mean, I guess right. it's a little too early, but still. I think, uh... uh going back... 
when he first meets well not when he first meets but when he first encounters graphite in the show graphite basically tells him that he's a dead man yeah so he's probably researching how to save himself or something like that yeah fair enough because something's wrong with him something gave him all that white hair (laughs) uh you don't know how like experimental the drivers were early on. I mean, he could just be dying on normal causes, but yeah. that would be interesting. Uh, that would be lame. <laughs> what if he's just dying normally? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the the Date from O's thing again, right? Mm-hmm. I guess after the fight scene, we go back to the CR headquarters where we find Curious let himself in. And yes, says, it was so hard to get in. Yeah, you dropped your phone. <laughs> that scene was so well played, I could actually almost believe that would happen in real life. Yeah. I mean, in real life, you'd go back and pick up your folder, but then again, like, you would have had enough time to go and, like, hide somewhere if you really wanted to. Uh, then Karius says he wants to uh, tell the mystery of the bug star and says once again the thing about his friend. Uh, and M calls him out on the lie again. And Hero calls him a liar for the graphite being Black x So, they're all getting mad at him. Yeah, that sucks. Calling him a liar. I also love how, like, they all ignore him. It's like, you shouldn't be in here. And then they all just leave. Right. Leave him in there. <laughs> so we all get that scene. Uh, then we get the flash. The, they're telling the patient not to stress too much. Typical. Happens every episode. Then we flash back to Kyria and his friend saying, you have the bugster disease. Which, as we find out later, isn't true. Quite true. What? No, his friend did have it. I thought they said he didn't have it. And he he, he had it, but he died of some sort of accident. Yeah, he. Basically, what happened was he was. Um, Syria found this uh, Ministry of Health document somehow. And it confirmed that his friend was infected with the bugster virus and that this virus is life-threatening. And then his friend, like, kind of has, like, a breakdown. Probably ran into traffic or something. Yeah, it could have happened. Like, you don't know what happened. Uh, It could have been, like, a little while later. It could have been days later. Who knows? Um, Point is, it cuts to Kiria and his, you know, you see him by his friend's dead body. Uh, which, again, kind of screws him over later on. Because, like, even if he tells the truth, like, the truth is more complicated. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he says, yeah, the Bugster virus, like, I'm investigating that for my friend. He's telling the truth, but for everybody else just reading, you know, information off a page, it looks like he's lying. Yeah. But this all this flashback also shows, I wouldn't say like pathological liar side. Like he's not that bad that he's believing his own lies. Um, but it shows like 
uh, Wikiria plays, like, holds on to his information so badly, like, he doesn't want to convey it, and he also, like, doesn't like telling the truth, because, you know, he kind of basically has internalized, like, ignorance, ignorance is bliss, basically when it comes to other people, but for himself, like, you know, he'd rather keep people away, but he'd also rather get to the bottom of things, which kind of shows, like, you know, years down the line, like, that's what shaped him into this person, right? Like, right. telling the truth didn't really help the situation, so, like, internalizing that, he's kind of become almost like this, like, two-faced guy, even though he's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, next scene is the dad telling the daughter not to bother with the business anymore. Yeah. Um, Dekka, do you have anything about that? Um, I mean, it's it's exactly what you said. He's a complete parallel to Kidia. And just like, pe- people initially want to help you, but if you push them away, they're going to get kind of sick of you. And if that's what you want, well, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like, this show has been really good at showing um, that people do not super nice things. I guess that's the nicest way of saying it. Um, not because they're, like, mean or harsh. It's just because they care and, like, adult actions are kind of harsh and weird from the outside. But, like... If you you gotta look past that to see what's actually going on. So again, a perfect parallel to Kyria, but in this show, I mean, it's surprisingly more mature. Yeah, it doesn't feel as much of a kid show as some other writers have. I know, especially with like how uh, like the earlier episodes start out with like you know the couple and they and they broke apart and why? Because they cared about each other. I mean, like. You know, the wife-to-be basically cared too much uh, about this person. And that just gave her too much doubt. You know, like, no... I mean, I wouldn't have seen that coming in, like, the last couple writer shows we had. But, again, a message like that and this one where it's like, you know, just because you care about a person doesn't mean you're going to always be honest with them or keep them close. Sometimes the safest thing is just to push them away, which is not smart or nice, but it, people definitely do that. Uh, then we got Kyria telling Imu that sometimes it's not always the best to tell people the truth, which, yeah, I think leads into the thing that the truth led his friend to do something. Yeah, he's kind of revealing his M.O. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's basically, I think, the first time you see, like, Kyria totally, uh, being so aggressive. You know, normally he's kind of got, like, a, like, this air of almost like a con man to him. So, like, you can't trust him, but, like, you know he's not going to do anything to you physically. But here, it's like, you know, he, it, you know, it hit a, it, like, it struck a nerve, basically, what's going on right here. So, that, like, even he is human. He can't even hide his feelings all the time. Then we get 
the dad go into the bugster attacking mode and they say he probably went after the daughter, which we do find the bugster went after the daughter. And Amu is wary of transforming and working with Kyria because of episode 5, which I can't really blame him. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. Um, thoughts, Decade? I guess then, uh, Hero comes in and says, oh, I've looked into your past. Uh, Sorry. I was just going to say, um, very interesting shot. Did you notice that? Which one? Like, when sh the Buckster is, like, chasing, uh, the daughter, it's like, in front of her, it's just normal camp. Uh, that you see, I don't, do you even see the Buckster chasing her when you're in front of her? And then it cuts behind her and it's like the Buckster's point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice that? Like, that was an interesting shot. It's one of those, like, weird shots that happens, like, in every writer show, like, early on. Like, they try one random. <laughs> like, I remember one in Wizard where they, like, put it on, like, a remote control car and drove it, like, past like you know like their patio furniture type setup that they always use like the white chairs and tables while like wizard was fighting and so it got this like weird low angle thing it was interesting but they never used and it I again think, i think some writers have taken to using drone filming too yeah yeah i wonder if they're gonna continue with this i mean it's interesting that they're always experimenting it's nice right because it was a cool uh, shot because like you normally never see it from like the monster's point of view i mean you don't see it that often. Yeah. But that was a cool show. Uh, so then Hero comes in and says, Be wary of Kyria. Uh, says, I've looked into Kyria's past because he had asked his father to. And I forgot to mention that because I skipped past that <laughs> line. Uh, goes level 2 and starts fighting the Giri Giri Champare, uh Bugster. Which, typical brave. Nothing to say there, I don't think. Uh, then Genom comes in and starts beating up on Brave with him. And Emu decides to trust Kyria and they do a dual transform. Which I always enjoy seeing dual transforms. Yeah, they're pretty fun. I mean, I especially like Kyria's one because it's this awesome kick thing. I might, for a writer show, it's been. Pretty long since we actually had like a right, you know, like some kind of kicking henshin. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we get uh, Emu on the bike. I still love that the bike is a rider himself. Uh, Emu on the bike fighting the Gary Gary Chambara puts the back so gasha in the sorry, which I thought was kind of interesting. And they destroyed the Gary Gary Chambara. A bugster and get the game which it's it's typical destroy the monster get the game for these level three episodes yeah it's pretty good i mean was that the first time i've seen uh Giria? i mean lasers like finisher because i don't remember the wheels well all that. they did a finisher in episode whatever they they put the bakso in the the kimiwaza holder on the bike yeah, I don't remember it being like that. This was a little they, closer to uh, like. They, they uh, didn't put it ever put it in a weapon. They put it in a slot. 
This this looked a lot closer to like uh, drives. Yeah, right. Kick. Like, I mean, if Emu jumped off the bike and attacked, it basically would have been. <laughs> uh, then we got the Giri Giri Chambara transformation, which shows uh, Keria, well, laser a humanoid form, which I really like. It's must. It, it's very armored. And well, it's, it's very robotic. Even it's like a transformation. Then though, we go back to. How how much of a disadvantage is that? He can't put that gashot in by himself. He had to have Emu yeah, do it. Yeah, he's So even though he's got this new shiny gashot, can't really well, use it on his we, own. We we've seen uh we've seen M and Kira go straight from level one to level three, so he'll probably be doing the same. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I think you can just put it in the belt and go. Yeah. As, as long as you don't go level two, then you're <laughs> I, I love the center mass on the back of that of the suit, the center mass of the bike. It's just like all the gears and the motors and everything are still uh, there, all just on his back. Yeah, it's a pretty nice suit. I mean, if it didn't have like again, it's one of those like one complaints of X8. It's like you know, like the 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 eyes aren't bad. But, like, if the eyes were compound, or if the eyes weren't there, these suits would look even better. But, like, I don't hate it. Uh, it's, it's a then really we get, uh, nice sorry. form. Uh, yeah. I, I really do like it. It's surprisingly nimble for how big it looks. I mean, It, it seems hard. bigger than any of the other forms we've had so far. Even uh, beat yeah. action, or robots action, or action robot, or whatever it is, and... The two level three, the three level threes we've had so far looks even bulkier than those. Um, and so we get Kiria's determination to unmask Ginnum as Dan. Uh, Dan goes level well. Ginnum goes level three. Uh, Laser pulls out the new weapon, fire toys, and they start fighting. Oh yeah, and then we have Snipe fighting the Jet Combat Gamer, which uh, is going to be a thing for next episode. Yeah, I kind of like how that's in just the background. Like, yeah, there's more stuff going on than what's on screen right now. Yeah. Right. So we get back to the Dan and Kyria fight. Uh, Kyria pulls out his finisher. Uh, in the midst of the big explosion where they can't see, uh, Dan... Loses his rider form. Imperado comes in and says, "Trust me on this. I've got this. Give me your belt and your gash at." He doesn't actually say that, but pretty much. Uh, and when the fireball cleared, it was just Parado wearing the belt. So I thought that was a nice switch around. It also shows that the villains are like clever enough that they don't have to pull like some crazy schemes. Like, yeah, all right, this is all I need to do to screw them up. You know, like kill two birds with one stone here good play just like yeah you know if i just swap out places they're just gonna stop trusting laser and they don't even know who the hell i am so they can't do anything about it because then like then nobody suspects dan so uh then parado walks back and gives dan his belt and gives a line uh that has more meaning to me who looks at the toy catalogs and looks at the spoilers than it does to the people who try and keep it fresh uh, there, there's the one line, fate is like a puzzle, which means quite a bit for those who have seen the second quarter toilet catalog. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I want to say about uh, the new, I guess, Laser's new form. Uh, one is that I really dig the the background music that was playing while he was fighting Gen. Yeah, that's definitely my second favorite. I still love the Brave theme. I can't wait for the soundtrack next year. But uh, uh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But I did feel that thematically, uh, his, his new form is kind of weak because I mean, he's supposed to be a samurai, <laughs> and he has like an auto fire bow, kind of like chalice, and, and which turns it, into two. Two kind of scythes. pick axes, scythes. Scythes, yeah. I think that I think that's what the S is from. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're cool, but it did just slightly bother me that he's supposed. I mean, we see that the the giri giri chambara bugster was all stoic and samurai like, and then he's kind of. Yeah, I can see how that's slightly but, annoying. But I mean, I still love the form. It's pretty awesome. Right. Man, Dan must be getting pissed. Like every single one kicked his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then we got uh, Hero revealing that his friend did not, in fact, die to the Bugster virus. It was an accident. He ended up getting mad at Kyria because Kyria said he wasn't going to lie. And Kyria reminiscing, saying, "If I hadn't told the truth, maybe he wouldn't have died." So it's just all around not trusting up Kyria. And Kyria's remorse of lying. Of, well, lying and not lying. Um. I just gotta say, uh. It's kind of sad at this point. <laughs> It's like, it is. when are you finally going to just, when are the barriers going to come down? It's so, it's so sad watching them, like, I mean, yeah, giving they... him, watching Emu giving him chances, and then watching him wanting to give Emu a chance, and then it's like, no, I better just keep to myself. And then without, keep the lies he doesn't going. even he'd try and say, he doesn't even try and correct it, he just says, hey, I guess I took you for a ride. It's just like, yeah. there's so much chance to write it, so I I hope he gets better. But but it's it's good that we have this much personal, this much inner conflict. Yeah, I mean, I love how it's not like aggressive. Like, yeah, they're gonna fight about it. It's just like it's mistrust. Right. You know, that's what's keeping them apart. And like, as soon as that gets cleared up, they're just gonna be a team again, which is a better thing as opposed to normally when it is. It's like, oh, I'm a secondary writer. Yeah, I'm gonna try to kill you. In, like, five episodes, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like, this is better. And the other thing with Kiria is it just shows that, like, yeah, he's smart, but that doesn't mean he's going to win. You know, he got outplayed there. Like, he was going to be like, oh, like, yeah, I know who you are. You know, we're going to kick your ass. And, then, you know, everything's going to go my way. And then one thing out of place and, you know. You can make so, all the right moves, you can still lose. That's what right. happened. And then, like, Emu, even, like, you can see, like, Emu's heart's almost sort of breaking. I mean, it's not that bad, but, like, you can see, like, he's getting, like, wounded. And he's getting fed up with this crap. It's like, man, I keep trusting you, and you keep screwing this up. Yep. Which is sad, because 
Dan's point is kind of coming more and more true, especially after that, like, fight. Which, you know, that, like, Emu... Like, his naivete, like, kept him good. Like, what's happening that now it's getting stripped away. So, like, you know, I wonder what's going to happen, like, midway through or something. Like, because, you know, it's going to be good at the beginning, good at the end. But, like, midway through, you know, shit's going to go down. Right. Um, but it also shows that, like, people, like, Kyria just reacted like people normally do, which is, like, you know, if they're hit by, like, a hard truth, they just fall back to what they know. And for Kyria, it's just, like, you know, fly solo, you know, just lie. Right. Um, when he was doing that, it reminded me of uh, Takumi. Because remember when he goes back, like, he comes back to Tokyo, and then he goes back to, uh, like, that bar or whatever he used to work at. Like, the owner's like, okay, dude, I know you didn't take the money. It was the part-timers. Uh, like, you know, you can just admit it like you didn't do it it's like no it's just me because you know it's that's takumi's thing it's like he doesn't it's hard for him to get close to people same thing with kyria you know like people even though telling the truth is better it's not gonna it's hard for people to overcome their own internal conflicts i guess the nice that this remind me of flies i guess yeah um so that's it for this episode. The next episode is Min Fly High, uh, where Taiga gets his level 3-4. So, overall, I thought this episode was pretty good. Yeah, agreed. It was pretty fun. Pretty emotional. Just overall, we were taken for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I would have to agree. This was a very good episode, but then again, Kyrie is my favorite, so. <laughs> so, um. I I was actually kind of slightly concerned because last week's episode was a little lackluster. Like, it wasn't bad. It was still good, but the show's been, like, good to great. Yeah. Last week was, like, okay, that, that was a slight letdown with that resolution. Or, like, showing what happened but um this episode was great you know i hope this show just keeps being this good it's gonna be one of the greats man definitely so i think that's it for this episode we'll see y'all next time yep thanks for listening <laughs>